Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Welcome to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishball Radio. Uh, my name is Jamie. It is January 30th, 2024. Now, we're almost in the end of January into February. So now we got um, February coming along. We got goals to be made to, to, for myself to make in the month of February. And we're going to do that starting February the 1st. So, nonetheless, Uh, when we get that, well, how we get that done, and also, um, I've been thinking about. Nah, I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts later on, but now let's get to this game because there's a lot to unpack from the two title games that we saw on Sunday. Now, this is this is really tough for uh, for Lions fans out there. If y'all listening, you got a coach. And Dan Campbell, that he's all gas, no brakes. It's like quick thinking, but yeah, I don't want to. It's all risk and no reward. And in this case, you took all the risk in the world. And what what got you was karma. So, Dan, it's okay to make a simple play. It's okay to uh, to not listen to the analytics. If, if you listen, to, if you really listen to the analytics, you the department, and, and, and you really have a, you really have a good analytics coach that's telling you, hey, you need to go for it on fourth and two at the forty nine yard line on your own side of the field, which. I mean, it's too smart, or better yet, if you're on the if you're on the 20 yard line on the on the on the deep end of your side, then 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 you'll still go for it. But in this game against the 49ers, this this should have been Detroit's win all over it. And let me tell you, you can't win with Jared Goff. Jared Goff is just a basic quarterback that can. He'll get the job done in, in spurts, but not all, not a big time quarterback type of deal. Which he went 25 for 41 for 273 yards and a touchdown. So, so, and I'm trying to compare this to Dak because Dak is better than Jared. But, by the way, Dak's not playing the Pro Bowl anyway, so it doesn't really matter about the Pro Bowl. But I will talk, definitely talk about that next week and tell y'all what I saw. But anyways, uh, Jared, you can't win with Jared Goff as your quarterback. You think you're going to the Super Bowl? And was that was that type of play style? You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And so, so I I I would like to do is I want a quarterback that could that could lead. Their own that that can lead their team was out the play calling was out 
their head coach and making these ridiculous decisions. I can't win with Jared Goff. I'm sorry. You know, even though he's won a championship before, I, I still can't win with him. But David McGovern, let me look at this numbers. 50, 15 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown. Sam Porter had nine receptions for 97 yards. Amarez Sitson Brown has seven receptions for 87 yards. And then you got a score 27 to 7 in the second half. So you were running the ball. You had 150 yards at, by halftime running the football. So I think it was 20, 20 run, 21 pass that I saw. And then you only ran the ball seven times and you do the ball 21 times. So you made Jared Goff throw the football a lot more in the second half than, than ever before. Which I don't trust Jared Goff throwing the ball, period. I definitely don't trust Dan Campbell's play calling at all. You, you're telling me you, get, you gave up 27 points in the second half, which, by the way, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be giving up that many points in the second half as a defense. And that's more on, on, on the defensive corner, Aaron Glenn, than ever before. What, what plays are you calling up there? You neutralized Brock, you made Brock Purdy throw the football. Brock Purdy wasn't going to throw the football. You made him, you, you, you made his weaknesses into his strengths. His strength is not throwing the football. His strength is, it, 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 you don't really have a strength. He just has a bunch of playmakers around him. As long as you have a Christian McCaffrey, uh, Debo, and then George Kittle, those are playmakers. He's, he, he, Whenever their Brock Purdy's on their team, Brock Purdy is is, is going to make those plays to those guys. But I don't see Brock Purdy as a generation as a generational quarterback long term. I don't see that. But yet you gave him an opportunity. You gave him the victory to win the game on your home field. But in this case, I don't, I, I don't understand why. I don't understand why Dan decided to, to do what he did. Let me, but then again, this is a player's podcast. So I want to get, get on the players real quick. So I need to get on Josh Reynolds. So two drops, Josh. And then you're over there. You're making weird, weird faces. You just dropped the pass on fourth down. Then you dropped another pass. I think it was on third down. I can't remember what it was. But it was a crucial play. You dropped two crucial passes. That that costs your job. You you don't value your job more than well, more more than yourself. You just had to catch the football. That's it. I know it was a little behind and falling a little short. But you still got to adjust your body because that's what the, the position of receiver is. Is adjusting your body so that you adjust your body so that you can make those miraculous catches and you can stay on the field, on the team. So, Josh Reynolds has to be better than that. that that's huge. That, 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 that's, that, that's 14 points that we, that we lost going the other way. Because you didn't, you didn't care about catching the football. 
And then Jamar Gibbs fumbled in the third quarter. Halfway in the third quarter, you fumble after the 49ers scored a touchdown to to beat down 24 to 17. You fumbled that our end. It's a nice play by the defender to knock it out, but but you fumble. Now, when the score was tied, you could have definitely ran the ball. You could have ran the ball. Instead of just punting the back to them and, and having them go on the drive, and they only scored three points, which is good. But I still, <clears throat> I still think you have to... You have to know your personnel. I would have honestly gave Jermar Gibbs a, a chance, another chance. I would have gave him another chance to run the football again. Because I know the second time he will not fumble, he will not drop it, drop it on the ground. I got to build that trust in my running back, which Dan did not. Dan wanted to throw it 21, 20 plus times more in the second half. See, play, when you don't trust players, it rubs in the wrong way. Damn. Those players are saying to themselves right now, we should be in the Super Bowl. We should be in the Super Bowl. They will never say that because their words are going to be twisted the wrong way by the media. And it's going to make them look like a bad guy instead of them telling the truth. It's the truth. You don't get many opportunities in life to play in a Super Bowl matchup against one of the greatest quarterbacks in, in, in our era right now. You don't see that. You know how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl? That's why I always get on Cowboys fans. Like, why do you want to go to the Super Bowl so bad? What what prompted you to say Super Bowl or bust? Now, granted, for me, I'm on that train to go to the Super Bowl. However... In the last few years, a few years that I've seen for myself, I haven't seen the same passion that I saw in the 90s, that I've, that I've seen in Michael Irving, that every single week he's having to yell on top of his lungs to, 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 uh, to, to assert his dominance of how he uh, how he he is how uh, he still cares about the Cowboys. You know you don't you got you got guys that don't care. You got 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 you got Emma Smith who comes in every once in a while. You know that's be, supposed to be one of your main guys. Then you got Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman still cares. Nate Newton still cares. Larry Allen still cares. Any other former Cowboys player they care about the team. Period. Dez. With his antics, cares. The city of Dallas, majority of them care. But at the same time, at the same time, mistakes like this, you can't, you can't, for Detroit, you can't continue to make those same mistakes. And then, when you're at the, when you're at, the 27-yard line trying to go for 48-yard field goal, 31-yard line, sorry. You have the 31-yard line, 4 for 2. You have a kicker that can make a 48-yard field goal. Damn, it's okay to take the points. It's okay to say, you know what, I trust my kicker. You see, this is all about trust. You're saying to yourself, I don't trust my kicker. If you move it back 8 more yards, you're, you're punting that situation. 
You're saying your kicker can't make it from 50. That's literally almost a 50-yard field goal that he, he could have made. And y'all tied the game, and it's a whole new ball game. Momentum can go on either side. That's heading into the fourth quarter. But yet, again, you continue to make the same mistakes twice, three times. And it has backfired. So what is the kicker supposed to do? What is all in the National Football League right now? Right now in the air in 2024. We're going into the 24-24 offseason. And then the season will start. Oh, let me hold on. Let me, let me take a step back here. College football. Do you know how many teams in college football are going for, and for, on, 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 going for fourth down? Maybe fourth and one, maybe. Maybe a, a fourth and three. They're going for it now because the analytics has told them go for it. Even though the analytics says you got a 26%, 26% chance of converting this. Wherever, wherever, wherever the type of field you're playing at. But they'll still do it anyways because they know they know minimum they know the moment they can go on the on the other side. They trust their defense. Even though the defense may give up the give up the, the game winning score or they'll go up. They will go up in the game. And so I, I just so this is the new era of football guys. Every coach, whether it's Pee Wee, high school, well not, well, let me say middle school in the middle. High school, college, and the NFL, they're all going for it in the, on the fourth down. No matter what it is. Fourth and five, fourth and six, they're all going for it. And Analytics says, can go either way. Can say, hey, you got a 57% chance of converting this versus you got a 28% chance of converting this. I take the 57%. That's just me. I don't. I don't know. I can't speak for other coaches that take that take less than that. But I was just making. I was just making an analogy of, of what percentage that I would take if I was a head coach. If I was a coach of a team, right? My team's down twenty-seven to twenty-four. No matter what, what we're doing, we're going for that field goal because nine times out of ten, we will never see the ball again unless defense miraculously gets a stop. We will never see the ball again. So, yeah, I fault him for that. Because you backfire, you miss your receiver. I can't win with Jared Goff. I could win with Dan Campbell. I Remember what I said. I could win with Dan Campbell, but I can't win with Jared Goff. Two different sentences. And then, you're up 24-7. to 7. Why don't you put put another six points on the board? You still had time. You had time to the point where the 49ers were kneeling. You had time. So, what needs to be done for the Detroit Lions? You had a good season. A good season, right? You went 12 and 5. You won your division. You got to the NFC title game, which the Cowboys will never say. They'll never say that. Cowboys will never say that because, first of all, we 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 can't we can't build momentum on on either side. So 
we can't build momentum anywhere. But I do think what needs, what, what also needs to be done, is we need to make better decision making. We need to make better decisions. You want to sit at home again and endure this again versus going, going, going and preparing for the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl that players have fought for for their entire life to play in and to win it potentially I guess it's not important to Dan Campbell but let's hear from Dan please established a, a you know a championship program it's just not the world championship yet uh, we know how to win uh, we know how to train to win we have the we have the right people um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games and um, and it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it um, but you know I, I know how to win and and uh, we will get over that threshold you know, I have total confidence in it and, and that's why I'm standing here today. I have confidence in him. I, 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 he knows how to win. That's people in Dallas that Mike McCarty can't say that because Mike McCarty is a full of it, full of himself. He can't say that. They were was in the possession of way. Maybe, maybe you make that touch. Maybe you go for a, a two point conversion. I would have, I would have accepted that than the nonsensical calls you were making. So, with that being said, guys, I, I just, I, I just don't know. I just don't. You know, Detroit. I can't say you're screwed. I don't think you are. I just think that you make the decisions based on, um, based on what is working, based on. Uh, yeah, you, what is working in the game? If run the football, if they can't stop the run, they'll keep on running the football. You got two quality running backs. You got weapons on the outside. You got a decent quarterback. You got a decent defense. Um, so I mean, you know, it's bright. You know, the future's bright in this place. I can't, I can't say much about. But I think the future's bright. Now let's get to San Francisco, please. Uh, San Francisco with Brock Purdy. He went 20 for, 20 for 31 for a 267 touchdown and an interception. Christian McCaffrey had 20 carries for 90 yards and two touchdowns. Brock Purdy also ran five carries for 48 yards. 48 yards. Debo had eight receptions and 89 yards. So this is their second Super Bowl appearance so I think it's three years. Now, how did San Francisco get here was a quarterback that was taken last 
last in the entire draft. Brock Purdy played at Iowa State. Brock Purdy did not. Brock Purdy. <laughs> Brock Purdy cares about the game of football. Brock Purdy took the initiative and said, you know what? I want to make this my job and my job only. And whatever mistake I make, I'm going to I'm going to live it to I'm going to live it to the fullest. Whatever mistake I make, it's going to be on me. That's what Brock Purdy said to himself. Okay? Because Brock made all the plays possible. Brock threw the ball. Brock, Brock ran. ran I, the runs that I saw, they're very impressive. So, but Brock, but I just, I just, you see, he can, he can go either way. He can be one of those quarterbacks that can become great or one of those quarterbacks that can become just a quarterback. In this case, he's just a quarterback. You know, you went from Jimmy Garoppolo, injured guy, to Trey Lance, who everyone was hyping up for to be ready to become the next great San Francisco 49er. Then he gets traded to Dallas. Now it's Brock Purdy's turn to lead a team to a championship. And so, what I noticed in the players is that they put the whole entire fate on Purdy. Purdy took over. Their whole entire fate is on him. It's on him. They love him to death. And so, but Dak, they don't love Dak. No one, to this day right now, I haven't seen anybody protect Dak than myself. I haven't protected Dak. Well, no, I'm not, I can't say that for me. No one else has protected that. What about teammates? What about C.D. Lamb? What about Jake Ferguson? What about Coach Mike McCartney? What about Jerry? What about this and that? Brock Purdy has protection. Brock, everybody loves him in San Francisco. With Dak, you got half that love you, half that hate you. In the middle, they just love and hate. It's a hate, love and hate relationship was the quarterback and they want us to go after another quarterback in the draft and I'm telling people right now there's no other quarterback in the draft that can change this football team period you gotta go with what you have right now and what you have right now is that you gotta live with the results whether they're good or bad at least teammates in San Francisco and Kansas City and I can even say Detroit care about their quarterback Baltimore LA Chargers even though their quarterback hasn't been to the Super Bowl yet he hasn't, he's been in the playoffs once but hasn't been to the Super Bowl yet but yet they still care about him would it be silly if Brock won the championship if he won the, if, he, if he wins the championship right It'll be so silly. So silly. So silly that you you win that he goes on 
and wins the championship in front of in, in front of Dak's face. Wins it all. And you're talking about the last pick in the draft. The man makes less than two million a year. And Dak, and I told someone this, Dak wants eighty. Dak wants eighty. Why why should we pay you one um, eighty even though you haven't lead us past the second round? I'm sorry, past the yeah, past the second round of the postseason. We haven't gone anywhere. But to the couch. So I, I just don't get how this quarterback is making only two million a year, which that 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 is crazy. But yeah, we got a quarterback that wants to make the highest paid quarterback possible, but he hasn't won anything. That's like I'm, that's like saying, hey, if a criminal robbed a bank, we should give that criminal the head supervisor job. I'm not trying to go out to criminals here, but but yeah, I mean, I don't know why Dak wants eighty wants more money than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy says, I got to prove myself to get what I want. And I think Brock Purdy, if he wins this, then you got to pay him back. You got to pay him if he wins this. But I'm choosing KC to win this because they do have the best quarterback in the game. So, so yeah. So, I mean, again, I, I, I wish Brock, Brock well. Brock Purdy is going to be a good quarterback one day for years to come. Kansas City and Baltimore. That's the next matchup on my board. I want to talk about that matchup. So, Kansas City, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes went 30 for 39, 241 yards, and a touchdown. Isaac Pocho had 24 carries for 68 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey had, had a letter reception of 146 yards and a touchdown. Rice had eight receptions for six yards. This is their fourth Super Bowl appearance in six years. Their fourth. Can you understand why we got a why we got a quarterback that hasn't been thirty years old and he's going for his third win ring? Dak is 30. Dak has not has no rings. Dak is about to be 31 in May or July. I think it's July. He hasn't won anything. But Mahomes has. And Mahomes did it with less talent. He don't have a receiver like uh, like, like a CeeDee Lamb or a Brandon, like Brandon Cooks. He don't have that. He just has Travis Kelty and then running back. That's it. That's the people that have been catching the ball. Kansas City doesn't have any receivers. Because they drop it a lot, so. But th- this is crazy, man. It- it's just, it's just, it's just. He's going for his third and third Super Bowl. I'm like, it's unbelievable. But listen, man. Call it for what it, what it is. But let me tell you something about Taylor Swift. Everybody, everybody, 
everybody is, is, uh, is saying, hey, Taylor Swift is the glue to this team. Okay? Because her boyfriend play, his boyfriend's balling out. Hey, listen. Your boyfriend's balling out. Okay? Honestly, I'm a little annoyed by the coverages that Taylor Swift is getting. Versus, and Travis Kelsey as well. I had this conversation with the lady at Subway the other day. She was making my sandwich and all that stuff. And Taylor Swift came along. And I said, you know, I, I love Taylor Swift. I love, I love, you know, I love everything about her. I don't have no hate towards her. I love her to death. I love her a lot. However, um, we talked and I told her and I said, it's just friends talking. And I said, you know, don't, I think Usher will get less airtime than Taylor Swift. I think Taylor Swift will get more airtime than Usher. And I want to be wrong. I feel like CBS, that showing the game, will show more Taylor Swift in the booth than, than Usher gets at halftime. The halftime shows like 13 minutes. No, sorry, not, not 13 minutes. 15 minutes. And Usher will only get like five minutes of uh, of him look uh, of of eyes looking at him. He only get five minutes. Taylor Swift gets like the whole entire game. She gets the whole target. Travis Kelsey gets the first down. There she is in the stands cheering on, cheering for on. And then looking at the cameras, looking for Taylor Swift and all that stuff. They have done that every single game. Ever since they became boyfriend and girlfriend. They have done that. And I'm annoyed because you're taking the viewers' attention away from the game. We want to watch the Super Bowl, not somebody in the booth try to have 10 or 12 people cheering the same cheering the same in your cheering section we don't want to see that you don't show up for anybody else if Kim Kardashian was dating Odell Beckham does Odell Beckham get that same does Kim Kardashian get that yeah I'm pretty sure she does but let me bring you another one let me say a Cardi B. Let's say Cardi B dated one of the NFL or NBA players, right? Which she may not. The eyes will be on the court instead of Cardi B. Or on the field. Because CBS, Fox, and NBC or whoever is showing the games, they want to make it about family. And Cardi B, even though she is family, they know her history. They know the type of song she puts out. They're not going to show that. Okay? They're not going to. I, I, and I guarantee you that. You may say it's racial, but, you know, we know what it is. We know. And I don't think Taylor Swift's racist. She's not racist. No. But... That camera work is going to be killing me on, on that Sunday because I want to watch the game instead of watching this person get all the shine and the light in the world as she should be. But you got to understand, 
this team is nine and three. That's an interesting stat. Nine and three was her in the attendance, and I'm like, you're gonna tell me that her last part of the tour is the Sunday on the tenth. So you're telling me that in Japan, 17-hour flight, you're gonna fly over to Las Vegas to cheer on Travis Kelsey and be there in time. And Mom Taylor, again, I don't know. Is it worth it? Why don't you just stay in the States and, 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 and just try to work it out? Just stay in the States. And just try to work it out, you know? Just stay in the States, man. Just stay in the States and, and work it out. You can postpone it, but yet, I don't want you to postpone it because you got many fans in Japan waiting on you to come and shine. But, <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, I, she, she has everything. She, she has everything. She, she's going to make it happen. I mean, I, I, I honestly do want her at the game. It's just, oof. you gotta look at the time. I don't know. I I vision, I vision her doing her performance in Japan, right? And then me and the maybe you know like an hour, two hours of rest, hydrate, get on the plane and fly seventeen hours to Las Vegas and go see Travis Kelsey. It could happen. Or she could do it the survival way, and the survival way is do your work first and then just go on the plane and eat and sleep while you're on the plane. She could do that, but then again, I'm not her team. So I don't want to speak for Taylor Swift, even though I speak on the player side. And I never, and I, I, and I told y'all, like I said, I've never been in a relationship like that. Like she is all over him. Every play Travis makes. Cheers. Everywhere. Damn, I wish someone made that for me. I said give me a pat on the back all the time. But that's my life. It is what it is, I guess, right? That's what they say. Now I want to ask this question after the Super Bowl, but it should be popping on in your mind that does Andy Reid retire after the season? There, there have been rumors. Bill Belichick may take over, or somebody else. But in this case, if I'm, if I'm Bill Belichick, uh, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, why would I go with a sixty? I, I my 66-year-old man wants to retire, but yet I'm going to hire a 72-year-old man to take over the Rams at, in Kansas City. Like I said, it could happen. I don't know. That's kind of weird to me. I just thought that they'll hire a player-type coach like everybody else is doing right now. But the sorry excuses of Lamar Jackson. Here we go. 20 for 37 for 272 and a touchdown. 
He was sacked four times, but he ran the ball for eight for 54 yards. And the Zay Flowers were five receptions at 115 yards and a touchdown. Okay, so number one, the blame of this game should be on Lamar. You came in there. Actually, you know what? Let's play a clip from Lamar Blaze. Then we'll, we'll explain what I'm trying to talk about. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, we, we, we had some opportunities out there. You know, um, just got to take advantage of them. Can't turn the ball over. You know, fumble, interception, stuff like that. I gave them an opportunity to, you know, put points on the board and win the game. We, we get in that red zone. It's been, our, it's been our touchdown all season. You know, we just got to finish. And we didn't do a good job on finishing. Defense did a wonderful job. but held a great, a great offense at 17 points. We got to execute. We scored one touchdown, and that's not like us. You know, that was early on in the year. No excuses, though. We got to take advantage. Mom, what did you see on that end zone throw? Look like Isaiah Newton was just. Uh, Temple two. I see Temple two, and um, I see both of them. I see both of them uh, t- trailing him, and I didn't want to throw it all out the end zone. I just tried to like let him turn around and make a play. I thought it was gonna be PI, but you know it is what it is. The safety made a great play. He made an interception. Oh, I'm very proud of my team. You know, uh, no system. I'm offensive coordinator. Uh, different things, you know, different things we've seen, motion, stuff like that. Uh, adversity at the beginning of the season, you know, we wasn't playing well. People don't know what the Ravens offense or defense is going to look like. And we made it all the way to this point, you know, uh, a goal short. We made it here, but we just got to finish next time. But I'm very proud of my team, all phases. Lamar, did you feel like at times maybe you were trying to do too much or was just nope. the team just trying to, trying to battle win. back? To win. <laughs> I don't think he's doing too much when you're trying to win out there. You thought so? No, I was just asking uh, questions. No. That's all. For sure, for sure, for sure. No, I don't think so, though. So, the boys, guys. That was Lamar Jackson again. Lamar, when, when, when will you ever learn that the quarterback position is yours to lose if you don't perform well? Now, you're an MVP caliber player. If you don't perform, then... Costs of your job. I don't know, but you're better off than back. I will say that's for sure. And you're and you're the run run away for the MVP. There's no ifs or buts about it. But I want I want teams to stop making excuses when they have a buy when they have a chance to put the team away. They have a chance to put a struggling offense, a, a team that. Has no receivers. A team that held, like Lamar said, held the defense held them to 17 points. They did their job. I just wonder. I just wonder what transpired. I just wonder what goes on in the minds of the player. Well, or in the minds of Lamar Jackson after every game. Are we going to continue to see this type of effort, or are we going to, you know, say, you know what, Lamar, you haven't done it with us? And it, you know, again, the city of Baltimore has not given out to their quarterback like the city of Dallas. They know what Lamar is going, to, what strengths are, and and his weaknesses. They know that Dak is all weaknesses, no no strength. But the game costs you by four personal fouls. You got to calm down. Why? Why is there no veteran in on the field? 
during that time to get into a player's face and say, you all got to calm down. You didn't have that. You didn't have that veteran to tell y'all to calm down. You didn't have John Harbaugh to, to call timeout and say, you know what, guys, we need to stop making these stupid mistakes. You didn't have that. It was just, it happened. And y'all have the, and Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens have the blame to it. And now you guys sit on six to, six, six to eight months in the offseason to dig about of what could have been. What could have been? Alright, so that is enough of my college basketball takes. Okay. Uh, next week we'll definitely talk about the we'll preview the Super Bowl. I was hoping to be there this year, but obviously I won't be there in person. But you never know. We got what, Tuesday at one o'clock almost one o'clock? You never know what happens in the next few hours or few days. We'll see. It's only God's word, right? But let's talk about some mean green basketball, okay? We have transitioned to basketball, and I'm going to start with some ladies first. So, and also, I want to give you a little PSA. So, these matchups that I've been talking about, right? I have gone through and I have started watching the Big 12, the SEC a little bit, and the American Athletic Conference. I've been watching that type of basketball for the last week and a half. And I'm impressed. Impressed to the point where right around tournament time, sometime in February, something like that, I'll do another show talking about the matchups that you should watch for in the in the Big 12 conference. Say, for example, right? I do an episode on Big 12 basketball, men's and women's, and give them the overall outlook of what of what of what it's going to look like as far as the Big Twelve tournament, I can give y'all that, and maybe I can start it sooner rather than later. So I can get it. Just depends on the day of 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 when the uh, Big Twelve tournament starts. And I know that women go first because the women they end their season a little bit earlier than the men. So I'll definitely have a podcast on that, and hopefully. You know, get some clicks there. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's what I want to do, so that I can tell y'all what the. So if you go to these games, and I can tell y'all what the matches for, what to look for, and everything else. So Tulane played North Texas on January the twenty fourth. Uh, that's what this is women's basketball, guys. And uh, I always write my five next down. They went into overtime. North Texas beat them 77 to 70. Um, Desert Colonel has 19 points and 5 rebounds and 5 assists. Almost a double double. Actually, almost a triple double. Tamisha Lampkin had 18 points and 15 rebounds. In that game, they needed to. They were down 18 in the third quarter and down by 10 in the fourth. This team has a lot of fight. They have a lot of fight in them. Uh, 15 offensive rebounds to Lane, so we got to really clean that up. We got to be able to. Box people out, grab the rebound, let's run, man. Because I don't, well, because the women are not a transition team. They're more of a 
half court set. We want to throw it in the paint and we want to score in the paint type of team. That's the type of team they are. Alright, in that game they went man to man to press. After Tulane brought the ball up and got easier shots. So, a little confused here. So they went man to man, but they, they but yeah, they, they started to press a little bit because when Tulane was coming up down the court, they were getting easy stuff at the rim. You know, they were, they were uh, getting stuff on the outside. They were getting everything. So, I like to change the defense and stuff. Then they, they had a strong defensive game plan in the fourth quarter and overtime to, to, get, to, get, to get, get, get the victory. And, it, and overall, it turns into 31 points at, at, in the third quarter. Third and four, sorry, not third, third and fourth quarter. Fourth quarter and overtime, total for North Texas. Like I said, I told you this team came back. They came back from numerous, numerous deficits. Now, UAB. North Texas beats them 87-32. Desiree Colonel, 28 points and 9 rebounds. Tamisha Lampkin, 19 points and 7 rebounds. Now, Desiree Colonel got AAC Player of the Week for her honors against Tulane and UAB. Which... Like I said before in the last few podcasts, which I will post that soon enough, I said this woman can be a w, can play in the WNBA one day, just one day. Maybe she'll be the first North Texas player to play in the W on be, be on the WNBA roster, not playing the game because it's different. I mean, the w, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things. And when people even ask me about Desiree Colonel, I will give you the full spill if they ever want to hear from her because they don't hear from they don't hear from her in other places, but Denton and surrounding areas in Texas. You go outside of Texas, they don't know who she is, except for the for, except for the team that they're playing on that night on how to stop her. It's basically simple, like I told y'all. It's basically simple to try to stop Desiree Colonel in North Texas. All you got to do is just close the, play, the paint down. Make them a jump shooting team. They're not a jump shooting team. Jason Burton knows that. And I'm pretty sure uh, in the summer, he'll recruit somebody that can shoot from the outside. That's my goal. I don't know if he's going to do it, but that's, but they don't tend to listen to me because they think I'm wrong and I'm, I'm, and I'm like... Irrelevant. I'm useless. So, so they can call me whatever they want. But anyways, UAB matchup. Um, they took five charges, including the Colonel. She took her first one. And I know the first charge that you take in a game is something special because coaches always challenge you to make that next play on defense. Whether it's getting deflections or taking a charge. Coach saying we, we're net, we're not hitting the floor a lot. We need to hit the floor a lot to give us a chance. And in this case, they hit the floor five times, and all of it was offensive fouls. It was a complete defensive effort. They held UAB's 39% shooting and 28% from three-point range. So, 
complete the fifth despite Duncan sitting out the last. He should sat out the last 18 to 20 minutes of the game. Because everyone was playing so well. You got Desiree Wooten playing so well. And Nia Johnson continues to make plays. And Nia Johnson is the backup center to Tamisha Lampkin and um, Desiree Kerner. And she continues to make plays. Now, I thought, I thought early on, I thought, I thought she she was going to be just a player. I never thought she was she was staying with it. And as players, we need to continue to stay with it, so that so that when your number is called, you never know when you're when you when you're gonna make an impact. And in this case, Anaya sat out three or four games, and then well, she wasn't playing a lot. Her minutes had decreased, and so now she's playing. She's playing a lot more. And one, and I tell y'all, once once you keep playing and making an impact, you're going to get the minutes. You're going to get everything rewarded to you. And now I always said, I always said, Desiree Kern is the player of the week. So I already said that. I had that written out because I think she should be player of the week for this week. But. I, but that's six straight Lamar wins for North Texas women's basketball. I don't want to, them to get big-headed right now because right now we're in a crucial stretch. Right now we got we got UTSA and um, and Tulsa next. Both of them are road games, so we gotta take that energy that we have at home. We gotta take it to the road with us. We want to take it to the road with us, and we want to bring the same type of energy that we have that we had at home than the road. So that's what we're going to do. So, so tough week this week. You know, tomorrow night is not going to be an easy game. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if they keep keep the the um, the momentum going. Now let's go to the men's. The men's. You know, I saw something funny the other day. I saw that BYU beat Texas at BYU, but I'm like, I mean, why? But North Texas, they beat SMU 68 to 66. And like always. Write down my my spiel. Jason Edwards had 22 points. Uh, they may meet again in the in the conference tournament. So the way the game the game itself had a decent place, the decent pace. But but again, I, if if I had to choose a more athletic team, I, I'm definitely going to choose SMU. Because North Texas has like one athletic big man. Well, I should choose Aaron Scott and Robert Robert uh, Robert Allen. So, so that's why I, I that's where I would like to go with that. Uh, Aaron Scott has to watch his fouls. He's fouled out. This is his first foul. Now. 
So you can make all the plays from Ronald Aaron, Aaron Scott, but at the same time, you got to make sure that, that you're mindful of your fouls. Bugs, he finally came back. So he went 4-4 from three-point range, and he, he, produced on, he produced 12 points. That's, huge, that's a huge 12 points. And then Allen. So I want North Texas to change up their lineup. Because if this team are going to continue to be athletic against us, we got to be athletic back. And I don't think Sissoko is that athletic right now. I do think I trust Bob Allen to be athletic. Bob Allen's athletic. So I like to choose that as well. So, um, so yeah, I like, I, like to, I like to see that lineup change if... We're playing against athletic teams moving forward. And then the last one, which is important, 7,293 fans watched this game in Denton. And that's a lot of fans, the them majority of what we got. We got only like 1,200, 1,200 to 1,300 people. <laughs> and that's usually in Denton, surrounding areas in Denton, coming to watch us play basketball. But you got 7,000 people to watch the game. Wow. That's impressive. That's impressive. So, before I get these two, these two in, actually three in, um, North Te- they, they played FAU on Sunday. So, just a little turnaround. They took a trip to Florida. They lost 66-63. Robert Allen for that game had 15 points and six rebounds. Uh, foul out, foul trouble is key. So we gotta be smart with our fouls. I already asked this question before. When would they change their starting lineup? You gotta put them with athletic people. In this game, they didn't go downhill. If they would have gone downhill and put Florida Atlantic at the line, Florida Atlantic wasn't gonna mess up their depth moving forward but if you go downhill and make that foul you you're going to line more than not you we only got about uh, I think we only got for like four free throws for the rest of, for the whole entire game four because we didn't attack we didn't go downhill I mean I understand they're big man's right there but we did not go attack period so that's huge so we gotta have at least 10 to 15 attempts at the free throw line. Make these officials make some calls. At the basket, not at, not in the front of the court. It was a bad possession on the last one because on the on the bad possession, um, we got we got guys that are trying to control the tempo of the game. And you know, CJ Nolan, that he's playing out of position, so they're, they're convincing to play point guard. He takes a shot. Okay, we grab the offensive rebound. So instead of we we got a timeout. Why didn't Ross Hodge call a timeout? Robert Allen got the rebound. Robert Allen got the rebound, kicked it out to Josh, Josh, uh, not Josh, uh, John Biggs, and he missed the three. That that's just a coaching mistake at its best. I'm not calling you out of your name. I think it is a minor mistake. Whenever you grab a rebound, you got timeouts. You call that timeout. 
so that you don't set Florida Atlantic up for their game winning shot. You go all the time when Allen guys a rebound. You don't give the ball back to them. And they're costly opportunities, like I said. Like I said, the steals, the, the makes that Allen made. Oh, sorry, not Allen. The rest of the team made. It wasn't much. 21, 21, 21, something. And so, with that being said, we can't have these mistakes on the road again. Florida Atlantic we'll see again again in, in the tournament. But the number one person place player we gotta stop is John Nell Davis, 28 points. We gotta stop him. And we will. We will. I have a completely faith in, in, in him, so. So there you go. But yeah, I'm giving Tech Women's a shout out. They won 71 to 65 over TCU. So I'm giving them a little bit of a shout out. But TCU needs to work on their game. So I want to take a deeper live in TCU and see if they can try to win the Big 12. Because I don't have that pistol in as a Big 12 conference champion. I don't have that in there at all. Maybe in the, in the, in the NIT or the Women's Basketball Invitational, maybe. But I don't have them in the tournament at all. So. That's it. So, I'll definitely take a look at TCU Women's Basketball and give y'all some more insight from there. And like I said before, I will have a full Big 12 tournament matchup. Got a video that I will do uh, sooner rather than later. So, I'll have that for y'all soon enough. All right, guys. That's it for our football, basketball talk, college basketball talk. We still got to talk about the NBA. So coming up next, let's talk about the NBA. And these guys have scored 60-plus points over the last week or so. Let's see how the defense is doing the NBA up next. It's official radios beyond the game. I want to be an end game. I wanna be your first string. I wanna be your A team. I wanna be your end game, end game.
Cause baby, I 
No shit, he will. I know it's pissing off his old bitch. Caesar, Milan, I got his ass trained. Try to let a dog know who really running things.
care of you and Just for the night, yeah, just for the night Don't wanna lose all that I have You could be amused and help me catch But I just need you to come break my back If you wanna attack it, it's just that That's just love I'ma be real, you just my type I got a man, but he ain't in sight right now, so I got a man, but I want you I got a man, but I want you And it's just nerves, it's just thick Making me think about someone new You know I got so much to say I try to hide it in my face And it don't work, you see through That I just wanna deal with you Good thing. So they want to sign. They want to do their own signing. But yet it's like we can't continue to give players an opportunity to shoot the basketball. It shouldn't be happening like that. And in this case, you're telling me that you give Chris, not Chris. You're telling me that some of y'all agree with Steve Kerr and uh, the Minnesota coach, Chris Finch, on defense and how you defend in late game situations. You only defend in late game situations. When you go to NBA practice, they're not working on defense. They're working on late, late game situations on defense. We need a stop. We need a basket. Everybody's working on that. So, I've never been to an NBA practice. I would like to go to one, but I'd like to see one. And what you practice is what you practice. You don't practice. Nobody practices defense in the league anymore. I could be wrong, but nobody does. Let's say, for example, Embiid. Embiid scores 70 points and 18 rebounds and five assists <laughs> against Spurs last Monday. Now, I'm mad at the Spurs because the Spurs gave him all, all what he wanted. And Pop, Pop made his jokes pre-game. He made his jokes pre-game and all that stuff. Kendrick Burkett said, I wanted to turn my TV off because all these guys are getting the, the points easily. Embiid had it easily. He had Wimby guarding you. And Wimby ain't going to do a soul for you, towards you. He's not going to be physical because he can't be physical with himself. He's not a physical player. Look at the frame. Everybody treats Wimby as the next LeBron, but he's not the next LeBron. He's not the next anything. He's just the next Victor. You add strength to him, then, you know, he's still going to be Victor. He's getting pushed around, and I almost felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. Having him to guard Continue to guard Embiid Because we don't have Anybody that can defend On the Spurs We don't have Zach Collins Defending Zach Collins is sitting out every other game We don't have that We don't have guys that want to be physical Anymore 
That's why they meet went for 70. Jacoby went for 81 back, uh, when, when was it? It was back, uh, I can't remember. It was back 18 years ago. Kobe went for 81 points. That was a tough 81. When Witt went for 100, back then they weren't playing any defense. And now, when you get to the league, there's no defense at all. Nobody wants to be physical with anyone. Everyone wants to trap, trap, trap. It doesn't work. You know what they do against a the trap? They cut, they, they split through the trap, and they get a floater. And that's it. That's it. And since then, Embiid has not played. He has not played because of his knee. So you're telling me that he got 70 points off of one leg. Off of one leg, he told you told you're telling me that. Well, his team won the game. Carl Anthony Sounds team did not. Again, Monday, last Monday, Carnes is out sixty-two points. Um, he, he lost to the Hornets one twenty-eight to one twenty-five. His team did. Now that was a shock to me because I don't see Carl Anthony Towns playing that much anymore. I see him coasting on the court. He's done a lot of coasting than anybody else has. Yeah, it's just coasting, coasting, coasting. I'm like, dude, whenever you, when are you ever going to play basketball? And in this case, you go against the Hornets. Yeah, you, you're, you're not going to. They're not going to play any defense at all. The Hornets are never going to play any defense. And both of them talked about defense and immaturity. Both of them did. Both. Him and Chris Finch talked about talking about immaturity and defense. I want y'all to go look that up. But I also need Chris French to give us the times because you got to remember this is not the nineties. This is not the early two. This is not the two thousands where guys will not let you get at least thirty easily. You have to get thirty on a great night. These guys are getting seventy at ease. They're getting sixty at ease. You're making the game easy for them. You don't blitz them enough. Another guy, Devin Booker. Again, he's been on tear. He scored 62 points. Another loss against the Pacers. Indiana's used to giving up points. Which is not shocking to me. They gave up 131, but they 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 won 133 to 131. I I had to give them a little bit of credit, but the scoring has gone up. The scoring has gone up lately, guys. It's not like 80, 90, 100, 110 games anymore. The scoring is like 150, 120, 160, 170 to 140. And you're telling me that's defense? If I ever see a score that was 170 to 140, both these did not play defense at all. It was just a shit show. It's a defense. It's a, a quality basketball game where all guys are getting after it. I 
I ha- I'm not seeing that anymore. And I've been watching the NBA all my life. Everybody wants to play, save the energy for the offensive end. Everybody. And I was thinking about this. This era of basketball players, right? You know, you got your main defenders. You got your main shooters. I I honestly can say, Marcus Smart, Rudy Gobert, when he wants to play defense, and Draymond Green are the last remaining defensive guys in the league. That will that will elevate your that that will actually give a damn on defense. So I can say that easily. And then we get to Luca. Luca scores 73 points on Friday against the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks did not. The Atlanta Hawks are the worst team in the league. Man. They, they did not play this right at all. You're telling me that you gave this man 73 points. You gave this man 45 at the half, and then he goes on and does what he does. How weird is that? How, how, how weird is that? What weird is, you gotta understand weird. No, yeah, I don't have to understand weird. I'm sorry. This is tough. You just don't understand. You, you just don't understand how to, 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 to defend. Luca literally saved the team. Luca said, "You know what? You're not gonna, you're not gonna put a one-on-one defender on me. I'm gonna score 73 points, and we have to accept the fact that okay, we're giving Luca 73 points. We gotta accept the fact that he got 73 points on a good night. No, they made the game easy for him. It was easy for him to walk in there and put 70, 73 on their head. It's easy for them. It's easy for him to do that." Because Atlanta did not show any resistance in this game. In that game. They did not. They didn't. They don't care about defense. It's all about DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. They want to get their own. They want to score 30, 30 points apiece. And they say, you know what? Oh, yeah. We're going to win. Oh, yeah. We're going to win with the product that we have on the court right now. What product do you have right now? You have Clint, you have Borjan, we have Jalen Johnson emerging. What product do you have out there that says we can win a championship in Atlanta right now? It's just two, it's just Trey and Dante. There's nobody else. You don't even have the coach, for example. And the coach does not care about defense. Even though he's a defensive minded coach. That's why Utah, Utah Jazz were selling from 2018 to about 2021. They're right there in the thick of defense. That's why you had Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell on your team and Royce O'Neal. Those guys will play defense to the T. You also had Jay Crowder on that team too. But yet, oh yeah, 73, no problem. And then also, get this. Luca had to play the next night. He had to play the next night against Sacramento at home. So he got no rest whatsoever. I don't care what y'all say. I don't care what y'all say. He's he, he 
Oh yeah, he get, Jamie got a little bit of rest. Yeah, but he didn't. But he, did he get the full rest? Did he actually get to sit out? No, I wasn't banking on him sitting out. I was actually surprised he was going to play. I'm actually surprised because majority of those guys that play in the NBA that score 30 plus points have a good night, maybe triple double, or maybe they, they score 25 points. They're sitting out the next night. I'm seeing more more All Stars in street clothes than ever before, and that's a problem. That's a problem. The greats in the league are not accepting this right now. They are not accepting this right now. The defense, the uh, um, what's it called? The All Stars. They're not accepting this right now. What happened to competition in the All Star game? What happened to that? What happened to? Being consistent. What happened to being, being authentic? What happened to holding guys to a certain standard? What happened to say, oh, well, by the way, let me let me go play this game. Let me go and get myself right to play that night. What happened to that? Y'all don't have that anymore. You don't have that. The game has completely changed. You don't have guys knocking other guys over. You don't have that. You don't have guys that are getting a damn on defense. You don't care at all. You'd rather call a foul on the weakest person than the all-star. You don't have that anymore. And it's starting to become a concern. It's a concern. And Davis, and not Davis, sorry. Adam Silver will not fix it. He's done everything he can. The only thing that needs to be fixing is the player himself. The player has to get up to play 82 games a season. LeBron has to get up to play 82 games a season. Steph, 82 games to everybody. Do you know how many numbers? Do you know how many numbers and, and, and viewership at the stands they'll have? If LeBron, Steph, KD, all the All Stars played a full a full schedule, right? Do you know how many ticket sales will run out? They're still the main attraction, but yet y'all can do whatever you want to do. So my question would be: Do we teach our kids that our defense techniques? Do we go over the, the press? Do we go over a 2-3 zone? Do we go over a defensive stance? Do we go over uh, put your hands out? Do we do that? No, we, don't, we, we won't go over that. Because you know why? Because the NBA does not care. They don't care about their players. If they cared, then then the player itself, himself will put emphasis on their game. And they'll add a little bit of effort on defense. I've seen a lot of standing. A lot of standing, especially, especially on, on on LeBron's part. Now LeBron, okay, LeBron has never played help defense in his, in his career. Has never played help defense in his career. Listen to that. Listen to what I just said. 
LeBron has never played help defense in his whole entire career. You're telling me that? You're telling me that nonsense, Jamie? You're saying that help defense is irrelevant in the league? No one plays it. No one plays defense at all. LeBron hasn't played help defense in years. Alright, number two. But then again, then again, could we see a hundred? Better yet, can we can we see someone pass Kobe? Maybe I'll change my tune when I see that, but I don't think we're passing a hundred, nor do I think we're passing eighty-one. I don't think we're going that route. Because like I said, everybody wants their own. Dak replaces Griffin. So surprisingly last week. I didn't really talk about it on my show, but Adrian Griffin got replaced as the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. They got Doc in. Now, Doc, I want y'all to really hear his pregame speech against the Milwaukee Bucks. So let's play that pregame speech, please, of Doc Rivers. They know where they want to go. This is not a team where uh, you're trying to convince them that they can be something. You know, um, in my last job, I thought the first year that you were almost trying to convince them how good they could be. Um, this team already, they, you know, we have five guys who have done it. Uh, you know, Dane came in here because he wants to do it. Um, so it's not like you have to talk them into a goal. They already know what the goal is. And they all know that the only way you reach that goal is it has to be a, a we, you know, um, uh, as a group. When when players are saying uh, our team, they're talking about the players and the coaches. And when the coaches are talking about our team, they're talking about the coaches and the players. It's one group, and I think that's important. So, anyways, you hear Doc Rivers. Um, I don't, I don't see any any change. I, I still think Boston's going to be the best team in the West. I'm sorry, in the East. I still think that. I also think that um, uh, they won't make any moves. Milwaukee won't make any moves. Um, I just don't see that. Now, last night they played the Nuggets. They beat. The, they they lost the Nuggets one thirteen to one hundred seven. So, a little bit of defense there, but the Milwaukee Bucks will only score 107 points. So, it goes to show it to me, is there is this a sign to come? Is Milwaukee going to fall off? Is there a sign to come? Because you're going to fire a guy, you got to make sure that you have a concise reason. I heard defense, I heard chemistry issues. There's a bunch of stuff that people want to throw around there that says, hey, you know, this man got fired because, oh, yeah, we're having issues on defense. I think the whole league is having issues on defense, Adrian. Not just your team. Your team is fine. You went 30 and 13. That's fine. But the league is having issues on defense. Don't worry about that. So I don't, I, I, I'm going to finish this Adrian Griffin thing and then we'll play another Doc Rivers quote. So, Adrian Griffin, I'll tell you, you're 30 and 13. You took 
the best all-stars on the Milwaukee Bucks to that record through 43 games. You should have another job soon. I don't know what job that may be, but soon. Because because you can coach. It's just the wrong situation that you're in. So, so it was a little rough. It was a little rough that you had to be in that situation. But then again, you know, they, they made a decision and they're living with it. Not sure if Giannis wanted it, but that's your coach you wanted, Giannis. And now let's play a clip from Doc, please. Two bad turnovers, if you remember. That's what happened last night. Um, we didn't get the ball inbounds to the right guy and the broken play. And the second one, Chris had a, uh, it was a, the right decision. Uh, they just got their hands on it. We had a guy wide open on a right up, and so I, wasn't, I was fine with that. I didn't think overall, like uh, I told our guys, anyone who told you you couldn't play defense, lie. Uh, you proved that tonight. Uh, you competed tonight, and, and you know, they got 15 points of our turnovers. If you take that away, our half-court defense was excellent when we fought tonight. Um, I thought tonight was an offensive loss. Like, I didn't, I didn't think we were um, crisp offensively. We had stretches where the ball was humming and hopping, and then we had stretches where it didn't. Uh, and that's those stretches we have to clean up. But overall, I was very happy. So, yeah. Yeah. Just what did you see that led to So, anyways, you heard from Doc Rivers. Um, yeah, I mean, he may be right. But, um, but then again, he's that's his opinion. It's an offensive loss. I I took it as like, I took it as like, um, yeah, I took it. I, I took it as like an offensive loss as well. Um, I, I I don't think Milwaukee should make any moves. They have the team. It's just it it it, it doesn't work overnight when you have a new coach on the bench. But give it time. I want to see what happens moving forward. And again, I, I will also say Boston still is the, the the team to beat in the East. Philly's not that behind, behind either. But let's go to my number three topic. Number three, also another coaching change was the Wizards. Now, the Wizards have more problems than the Milwaukee Bucks and any other team in the league. The Wizards have problems was their organization you're telling me that you're moving West Unsell Jr. to the front to the front office for for what to save face what is doing what is he going to do in the front office what role have you gave him in the front office and then you go as a guy Brian Keith I don't know him I really don't know him. <laughs> I just know. I read a little bit about him. But I don't know him. I don't know him as a coach. Then he will say, oh, let's go all in in the summer. Let's find our coach. Okay? Then go find your coach. I just gave you one. Maybe I'll give you another one. Maybe I'll give you another one, of, of another one who really should go after You should go after 
you should go after Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell's ready to coach. He's the Boston Celtics assistant. He's ready. You should. Go, if Brian Keith does not hold this job down, you should go after Sam Cassell. But then again, Brian Keith is two and one. He's two and one as the Wizards head coach. He's two and one. So, why do y'all move a guy that you didn't provide him any help? You 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 uh, traded for a guy. You also traded for another guy. You got Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. Both of those guys don't show any leadership at all. So that's what you need. You need leadership. You need uh, you need accountability whatsoever. You need accountability. You need leadership as well. You don't have that from Kyle Kuzma. You definitely won't get it from Jordan Poole. This team has nothing on, 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 on tape, but yet they beat San Antonio last night in San Antonio. So, it's pretty ridiculous. I just don't get it. These organizations, I just don't get it in the NBA. Like, if I had to choose one or the other, the Wizards or the, or the Hornets, I would, say, I would say the Hornets are the worst organization in the league. The Wizards are not far from me, far behind. Now, I'm a little sad about Wes Unser, but... I, I, it is the right move, but then again, I wouldn't move him to the front office. I mean, if you give him a role that constitutes what y'all are, are preaching about, then y'all, and then I will take that role. But as far as you know, letting everyone know that, letting everyone know that you exert your dominance. You don't let the players dominate. You 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 search your dominance right away. So in that case, Wes, I don't know if you're getting that job. I don't know, but I I want to say that the, the team is moving. I think he's moving in a year and a half. So I think they're moving. So we'll see what happens. Now my final point of the of the day. But I don't. But I don't expect the Wizards to win this year. So they're not winning this year, and I don't think they'll win years to come. Actually, I'm, actually, you know what? I will be in Washington D.C. this summer for the podcast conference, podcast movement conference. I will be there, and I will hope that I run into a Wizards fan over there, and hopefully, I'll get some thoughts from them on where the team's going. So I have to make a note for that because I, 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 I'll probably forget that. But anyways. Let's go to the All-Star Talk. Now, speaking of changing, the All-Stars, again, you got Team Giannis, you got Team LeBron. LeBron made his 20th All-Star game appearance. When he steps on that court, it'll be his 20th. And I'm like, nobody has done that, has, has done, nobody has, has done more than that. So now you got Giannis, you got Embiid, you got Hollenberg, you got Lillard, and you got Tatum as the starters. In the West, you got LBJ, you got Doncic, you got Durant, you got Shea, Gilgis Alexander, you got Jokic. 
Here comes the fight in this. Let me read you off some names that may have may be in their feelings. Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, Bam Alabayo, Pablo Brancaro, Jalen Brown, Tyrese Maxey, and Trey Young, Scotty Barnes, Jimmy Butler, Chris Aprazingas, Julius Randle, and Derek White. Courtesy of the New York Post, by the way. You got in the West, Seth Curry. You got Anthony Edwards. You got Paul George. You got Rudy Gobert. You got Kawhi Leonard. You got Devin Booker. You got uh, Anthony Davis. You got Darren, Darren Fox. You got James Hardy. You got Chet. You got uh, Kyrie Irving. You got... You got Lori Markkinen, you got Demonte Savonis, you got Afrin Sagu, and you got Victor Wimbiyama. Okay, let me try to dissect this. In the East, Jalen Brown should definitely be there, but also Derek White as well. You don't tell me that Derek White has worked his butt off to not be there. So I do think Derek White should be there. Okay? Derek White should be there. Uh, um, let me go to the West. The names that I read, okay? Anthony Davis should be there. Because Anthony Davis is balled out. He's not called out. But also, also... I wouldn't put Chet or Wimby in there as well. I do think Chet and Wimby should be in the Rising Stars game. Um, I don't know how Wimby's going to get there. Well, he'll, he'll get there, but I don't know if he's going to play or not. If I'm the Spurs, right? And I'm saying saying that if Victor can't rest back, if he can't play back-to-back games consistently, consistently, yeah, remember, he's 20 years old. We're not talking about a 40-year-old man. We're talking about 20-year-old Victor Wimbyama right now. You're telling me that if he plays 38 minutes, I don't know who, well, he's not even averaging 30 minutes a game. He's averaging 25. He should be able to play in the rising all-star game. He shouldn't be that tired. When I saw him sit out two weeks ago, I was so upset. You don't keep a 20-year-old man on the sidelines. But then again, this is new NBA, so majority of the guys are sitting out whatsoever. But I would, t- but Victor should not be on the All-Star roster unless somebody gets hurt. Victor should be on the rising All-Star game. If you really want to want to do this this way, if you really want to. Increase his workload. If you really want to do that, if you really want to rest, you wouldn't put him in neither. In neither, he should rest for the retired weekend. So after that game on Wednesday or Thursday, whatever that day may be, he'll be resting for almost a week after the All Star game. Well, not well. I'm sorry. After the game that was played before the All Star break, he should be. If he can't play. 
games consistently back to back. Chet? Okay, you, maybe you can make an argument for Chet. But also, Afri Sarum, Sungu, you can't forget about him. He's improved. I thought he'd just be a role player, but, but his game has taken off. So, if I had to choose my last all-star spot, I wouldn't give it to Victor. I would hey, give hey, it to, hey, to Afrin Sengu. I would. I would because, because he's more deserving. He's played more games. He's averaged more points. He's averaged more rebounds. Come on now. The proof's in the pilling. And every like I said, these players that we see on the list, they're going to get heartbroken. Of course, it's the new NBA. Everybody's going to not get a shot to to be in the All-Star game. And that's okay. It gives you a, a week of to to relax, to to do whatever you want to do, to rest. So that the second half stretch where you're not sending out games constantly. Basketball is getting better. I love it. Basketball is getting better. It'll be better in the second half for the NBA. Y'all are going to be heartbroken fine. You can, y'all can bitch and moan and do whatever you want. Okay? But at the end of the day, you have that time to rest. Take advantage of that. Because we're there. The All-Star game means nothing. After I watched the last year's All-Star game, it's nothing but guys going half-assed. It's like I was watching practice for a second. I was watching practice. I was like, oh, this is Deja Vigo. I was watching practice again. Okay, great. It's nothing like it is in the what like what it was in the 90s. It was nothing like that. Period. So if we get if we but then again I tell I did tell someone players gotta play for something. You gotta play for a charity. You gotta play for a million dollars. You gotta play for five mil. Just like you did in the in the in the in season tournament. Y'all were playing for money. Do it for the All-Star game as well. Make a difference in some children child's in, in, in a young man's life by not going half-assed out there. Because the next generation, they look at you uh, shooting three points from half court and, and just jogging down the court. They're saying, hey, I can do that. I can do that. Everybody else can go half-ass. You can't. Now, guys, that's it for today. And that was a good one. Coming up next, uh, well, actually, coming up next week, we speaking of half-ass, the Pro Bowl. I guess we'll talk about the Pro Bowl. And I'll give you a preview of the Super Bowl. And also, I will. I, we're definitely going to talk about more college basketball. And also, we're going to talk about the NBA as well. The NBA as well. So, any storyline that has popped up in the last few days, we'll definitely talk about it on this podcast. 
All right, guys, subscribe, 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 like it. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and watching Beyond the Game Podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie again. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genthy Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genthy Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.